Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army! Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at HighFiveCasino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! That's gonna that's gonna be <laughs> way too jarring to open an episode with. Well, we already did it, so let's keep moving. Yeah, uh-huh. Um The episode's actually gonna start with Garrison saying that's way too jarring to open an episode with, and the listeners won't know what that is it was. a much that is a much easier opening. Um well, all right. This. So we're doing I'm gonna be I'm gonna be reading a thing today, cool. and then we're gonna talk about the thing that we're reading. Um and that's, and, that's and, the who, show. and who are you and who is here? Oh yeah, this is it yeah, could happen here. here. This is it could happen here? here. I'm I'm Garrison. I am our resident Canadian. Oh good um, to know. Yeah. That's yeah. Anderson. That's Anderson the dog, and here we yeah, have we, we had have... to hire a Canadian for a diversity quota. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you do not. <laughs> anyway, uh we have Chris here, uh Robert Evans as usual, um Allegedly. and Sophie. Hi. So we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about about Canada today. So, oh, good. In the uh, in like the scripted what if scenarios first posited in the original, it could happen here. Um, it detailed what it might be like to live in the United States during a modern civil conflict. And like one of the stories that we kind of tell ourselves as a culture is about you know crossing up into the safe haven of Canada whenever stuff breaks out in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be like an escape from just the hell that's U.S. politics um, or, you know, going up into the cold northern terrain, better equipped to deal with climate change. Canada is kind of just viewed as a bastion of like li- of liberal democracy in North America. Um, you know, I've, I've made jokes in the past about using my Canadian passport to escape up into the forest of Alberta when things get too dicey here in the States. But this like weird utopian view of Canada <clears throat> is not just wrong about Canada's current political uh, state. But it also assumes that a Canada is like immune to the political shifts that the states have gone through uh, the past few years, which is it's it's very obviously not. Um, so like Canada internationally is and specifically in the states, it's, it's viewed as like, you know, Canada, it's, it's used as like America's little brother. But it's, you know, it's much more, you know, democratic. It's much more liberal. It's like it's like this kind of 
ideal scenario for like what the states could be. And like Canadians have a weird view of the states as well. Like Canadians they're both like they're, like they're kind of obsessed like a lot of Canadians I think know more about US politics than than they know about Canadian politics. Um <laughs> but almost in like a way that we watch sports. It's it's like it's like this thing that we like watch as entertainment like like some kind of like sick reality show. That's how I think a lot of Canadians really view US politics. Um because it's just so wacky compared to the kind of more like civil parliamentary system that we have in Canada. U.S. politics just looks very, very bizarre. And there's always this notion. It's like no matter how bad things can get in Canada, at least we're not the states. At, at least at least we're not at least we're not the U.S. And that is kind of a lot of a lot of how a lot of stuff can get really get can just like survive in Canada longer because it's just they they view it like at least at least we're not as bad as the other people. Yeah. So that's how, you know, it gives them some kind of some kind of sense of security. But in terms of like in terms of Canada as a country, you know, we we we've said that Canada as a country is basically just, you know, a few mining companies in a trench coat and the trench coat is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's really all they are as 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 a country. Um but today we're going to be talking about kind of Canada's slide towards farther right-wing politics, um, both, you know, historically and then more recently, because a, a lot of what we've seen in the States has happened kind of in its own weird Canadian way around the same time. Um, but before we, really, before we, like, really get started, I think it'd be remiss not to mention how the Canadian government has historically treated Indigenous and First Nations people um, living on that land. Uh, of course, like not only just hundreds of years ago, but a lot more recently as well. Just in the past year, there have been thousands and thousands of like hidden graves found across the provinces at the sites of these residential schools. Um, and the process of looking for these unmarked graves has like just just started. Um, the Canadian Historical Association published a letter this past Canada Day. Canada Day is like Independence Day, but for Canada. Um, Saying that it was abundantly clear that Canada is guilty of is is, is guilty of genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's there's a few episodes of Behind the Bastards, um, and I think even worse year that that talk about r- residential schools um, and and the genocide of Indigenous yeah, people in, in Canada. So yeah, you can you can check those out. And I, I wrote this episode to be more focused on Canada's political shifts the past five years. But since we're talking to be talking about Canadian fascism, I thought it would be irresponsible to not mention this up front as like a, a thing. Very responsible, um, Garrison. Very responsible. So I'm going to try to take us through aspects of Canadians pol- of Canada's politics chron- chronologically. Um, you guys can butt in and kind of ask questions and clarifications about stuff. Um, but the, the first thing that we're going to start with is actually going to be on the First Nations side of things. And that, that, that's kind of how, that, that's what mostly Indigenous people are called in Canada is First Nations. Um, even, you know, the Indigenous people up in Canada, most of them use that term. So that's the term I'll be using for some, some of this stuff, just because that's the one that's used up there. Um, so the, uh, the residential schools program is where I'm going to briefly mention a few things about it, just because of how it kind of relates to some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about for the rest of the episode. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to read some I'm going to read some words by uh by Duncan Campbell Scott who was the department uh, who who was who was the deputy superintendent of Indian Affairs. This was like a a rank in the Canadian government. Um he served as the deputy <coughs> superintendent from 1913 to 1932. Um and he's arguably like the main architect of the residential schools program. Um he was he was also good friends uh with the first prime minister of Canada, John uh John John Macdonald. So here's here is here's how this guy the 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 architect of this program this is this is how he kind of talked talked about this in letters to both his like his underlings and just like openly quote it is readily acknowledged that indian children lose their natural resistance to illness by habituating so close in the residential schools and that they die at a much higher rate than in their villages but this does not justify a change in the policy of this department which is geared towards a final solution for our indian problem it is quite within the mark to say that 50% of children who pass through these schools did not live to benefit from the education in which they had received so that's that's just what he calls it. He he says the final solution to the Indian problem. It's very very uh, very oh, clear what what like that that's just the language he uses. And this was like before Hitler though. Like this was this was mm-hmm. 1913. Well, I mean this Hitler is, was paying attention to these guys. Yeah, so yeah, like this yeah. this yeah. is just like this is the mindset of all of these same people. This is all of all of the same thing. Um uh, another 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 quote from this dude is 
I want to get rid of the Indian problem. I do not think of it as a matter of fact that the country ought to continually protect a class of people who are able to stand alone. That's my whole point. Our objective is to continue until there's not a single Indian in Canada that has not been absorbed into the, into the body politic and there is no Indian question and no Indian department. That is the whole objective of this bill, the bill referring to the residential schools program. Yeah. So that's... Cool. That's how he talks about these things. Um, there, there's other letters that he's sent that's like telling his um, his like agents because he had like agents stationed at at uh, Canadian at Canadian reserves to like not let Indians do dancing because both that's you know that's doing their cultural practice, but also it'll distract them from learning how to do Western farming. Um, they, they weren't allowed to go to fairs or exhibitions or anything that you, like that anything that has like that is reminiscent of like any kind of cultural tradition that is not white and European. Um, so he, he is, he is a pretty, pretty, pretty bad dude. He probably deserves his own, his own thing, the, this, this specific guy, but yeah. you can, you can kind of see like these like fascist ideas and rhetoric are not foreign to Canada. Um, and it, you know, it's been there since its infancy. Now Canadian politics is very different in a lot of ways compared to American politics. Uh, Canada tries to kind of follow the European model, Whereas America is very much like the rebel state that tries to play on its play by its own rules. Um, kind of the first main difference is that Canada isn't a two party system. Um, it's it's more like a two party plus system because yeah, there still is the main liberals and the main conservatives, but there are there are other parties that actually can get elected. Um, and it, it, it's not it's not like a strictly two party system the same way the states is. So that makes things more interesting. Um, and another thing that's really interesting about like cultural politics that's that's different from the states, you know, besides you know Canada obviously has like a parliament and a prime minister that's different, but the Canada view and Canadians view nationalism and patriotism very differently uh, compared to um, to like um, United States um, citizens. Um, patriotism and in, in some ways nationalism have always been kind of more of a liberal progressive thing, um, you know, in opposition to the states where it is not really seen as a liberal progressive thing. Um, so like even under conservative leadership, Canada kind of prides itself as a as sort of like liberal utopia. And that's where a lot of the patriotism and celebration of Canada comes from among its, you know, mostly liberal and more socially progressive citizens. They like celebrate Canada as like this great progressive nation. And that's where a lot of the patriotism comes from is like, oh, look, look how progressive we are. Um, the, the nationalism part can be a bit more tricky because uh, you first need to understand like the English and French divide, uh, which it, within the country, which I I barely understand that to, to be honest. I was yeah. I was I was I was born in the prairies. That was you know much more of like the Protestant English 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 settlement. You know I'm not from Quebec, uh, but we'll be talking about Quebec a lot here because it is very important to how nationalism works in Canada. So the divide between the French and the English make elections really interesting because the uh, English majority politicians usually need to court some of the French Canadian population and and people in Quebec in order to get enough parliamentary seats to have a majority government because Canada works on having a majority within the parliament um you can have a minority in in in, in the parliament like the liberals currently have so even if you know someone doesn't win a plurality of votes they can still be in control of the government in a minor in a minority or usually a majority capacity I will get into this kind of stuff later um but even though they need to get seats from Quebec to have, you know, a decent control of parliament, Quebec kind of likes to act like its own special country. Um, they even have their own, like, federal political party, uh, the Bloc Québécois. And so, like, that, that, that's, a, that's a federal party that operates in forwarding the interests of Quebec. Sometimes it functions as, like, a separatist party, but not really anymore. Um, so although an, the, 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 the Bloc Québécois is a lot is, is, is a lot more secular and progressive than basically any any other major party outside of the NDP. Um, but despite them being much more like socially progressive, they're also like one of the biggest nationalist parties um, in, in Canada. And you know the, 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 the far right parties in Canada have ha always had their you know brand of ethno-nationalism. But that was that's that's been much less pronounced than the kind of like keep non-French Canadians out of Quebec and keep Americans out of Canada type of nationalism that's common with like liberals um, and specifically you know progressives inside Quebec. I mean, I can't blame them for wanting to keep Americans. Out. No, yeah, that, like you that's could... <laughs> just good sense. If I could keep Americans out of America, I would do it. Yeah, but so that kind of sentiment, you can see how that connect like. 
you know, be used to foster some not good things, though. That 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 specific type of thinking of t- of like keeping nationals, like you know, keeping foreign nationals out of your state. Yeah, it's good to not have Americans there, but sure. you know, that's going to get extended towards other people. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and and like so, even though you know, the nationalism can be a lot more progressive. That's not to say ethno-nationalism does not come up within these sects, yeah. um, which is going to bring us to. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about something from the 30s called the uh, called the National Unity Party of the National Unity Party of Canada. Um, the National Unity Party National Unity Party that is a weird thing to say um, a, was a, was originally called the Canadian National Socialist Unity Party. Um, oh wait, now that hmm, uh-huh. Garrison, uh remind me, National Socialism that seems like a term with a little bit of baggage if i yeah, remember yeah. correctly yep it, it, it sort of does um so th- th- this was a party uh formed in uh, 1934 by a little nazi shithead named adrian Arcon. um now that is if you cannot tell that it's me trying to say a french name so he is from quebec this is a lot of canadian nazi stuff originates inside quebec because it already has such nationalist tendencies cool. um so uh, Arcon's introduction into nationalism started around the turn of the century um, amid fears in Quebec that Chinese immigration would threaten the white French-Canadian working class. Um, this is still a big thing in Canada. Uh, 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 racism and nationalism against the Chinese is still a big thing. We will talk about this at the very end of, this, of, this, of, of these episodes because that's still a thing the Conservative Party talks about a lot. Um, so, yeah, his, his internationalism was because of fears of Chinese immigration in the early 1900s. Um, the, the anti, his, so his anti-immigrant upbringing, plus the fact that he attended a Catholic school, um, the, 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 there, was no, there was no public schools in Quebec until the 1960s. All of the schools were either uh, Catholic or Protestant. Now, this is also part of the cultural divide inside Canada, where usually the English speakers are Protestant, and they're usually further west, and the, and the Catholics are usually you know, French Canadians. There's a lot of that inside Quebec. Um, so he went to a Catholic school, uh, which were at the time very anti-Jewish, because what was happening is the Jewish people in Quebec wanted to make their own Jewish schools, and the Catholics, like in charge, didn't want that because then that'd be less people were inside Catholic schools and they weren't, you know, learning Catholicism. So there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on here that is kind of contributing. So he was, you know, already anti-immigrant because of the Chinese, and then he got got exposed to anti-Semitism inside his Catholic schools. Uh, and that, you know, pushed him onto this specific path. So in 1930, um, Arcon made a deal with the head of the conservative party, R.B. Bennett, that in exchange for $15,000, which is like $250,000 in today's money, yeah. um, Ar- Arcon would craft a smear campaign um, trying to assist the conservatives in basically smearing the liberals to gain more conservative support inside the province of Quebec, which at the time was ma- majority liberal leaning. So Arcon got to work and started prepping like pseudo-fascist propaganda for the conservatives, Um, and by the 1930 federal election, it absolutely worked. Um, uh, Bennett and the conservatives won. They gained 24 parliamentary seats in Quebec, which is a a massive success. Like before, they they did not win any seats in Quebec. So gaining 24 seats over the course of just one election, massive win. Um, so after getting the after getting the conservatives elected, uh, the conservative party dropped Arcon because he was you know a little hashtag problematic. Um, That's a shame. Uh huh. So after he got dropped by the conservatives, uh, short, shortly later, Arcon made contact with the growing National Socialist Party in Germany. Um, and over the next few years, he just he started to gain more fascist contacts around the world. He would exchange letters. People from people like people people from the German Nazis would come over and meet what, what and come over to Canada and see what he was doing. He would travel around meeting other other Nazis around the world. Um, so this is kind of just like just gaining a lot a lot more contacts. So then in 1934, he formed his own fascist party, which is the Canadian National Socialist Unity Party. And within that year, so in, in the you know, mid-1930s, it merged with other Canadian nationalist parties that were more based in the West. So you know, uh, in the prairies like Alberta, Saskatchewan, and BC. So it merged with a few other kind of nationalist groups and started gaining traction, getting thousands and thousands of members. This actually became an actual thing. You can find footage of, the, of his rallies, and they're just terrifying. Just like, you know, you know just, it's, it's the same thing whenever you see, like, the Nazis, you know, rallying in Britain. You know, it, it, it feels different than watching a Nazi rally in Germany, because you can feel a lot more, you know, if it's, it's, it's the same yeah, feeling, but come, own, but come home. 
your own countrymen kind of do the same thing that you associate yeah. with old footage of dead people is uh, exactly real, real fucked up. Yeah. So he was gaining thousand numbers across Canada, um, you know, mostly in the provinces of, of Quebec and Alberta. Al so the, the, the two main provinces we're going to talk about are going to be Quebec and, and Alberta, because that's where a lot of a lot of the far right stuff gets started out. Um, so in 1938, so that's like four years after he started this, uh, the Canadian National Socialist Unity Party merged again, this time with various nationalist gr groups and so-called swastika cl clubs. Oh, um, cool. In that we're already inside like Ontario and Quebec, so on the eastern side of Canada. So now he, he, he united both the Quebec stuff, eastern Canada, and western Canada, and then he called that the National Unity Party. Um, mm -hmm. And Arcan appointed himself the Canadian Fuhrer. Oh, um, gosh. Rad. Uh huh. Yeah. Sweet. So, and I, I, now I'm going to quote from a Time Time magazine piece from July of 1938. Arcon scheduled Canada's first national fascist convention for Kingston, Ontario. The mayor and city council did not want a fascist convention held in their city and called the police to prevent it. Defiantly, leader Arcon slipped 45 of his leaders into a room near police headquarters. This is old timey language. Held forth unmolested for five and a half hours. Um, upon emerging, leader Arkan wired thanks to the mayor for his courtesy extended and announced the formation of the new National Unity Party. A flaming torch will be the new party's emblem. Canada for Canadians, its slogan. And the mm. upraised arm of its salute for king, country, and Christianity. Mm. Moving on to Ontario, leader Arkan, supported by 85 of his blue shirts, uh, he claims there were 80,000 members at the time, held a meeting in Mansi Hall that was attended by about 800 sympathizers. More impressive, however, there were three anti-fascist counter-demonstrations held simultaneously. Two outdoor anti-fascist meetings drew 400 persons until broken up by police fearing a clash. But at Maple Leaf Gardens, the Canadian League of Peace and Democracy attracted 10,000. So this was the first big fascist rally in Canada in 1938. There was like, you know, 10,000 of these more liberal people rallying elsewhere, and 400, like, anti-fascists ready to, you know, beat up these Nazis. Um, would then the police be beat them up? Because history doesn't change. Time's a flat circle. We're still doing the same thing now. Do you know who won't rally 800 Canadian Nazis called the, the Blue Shirts to sell you products? Oh, my God, I who? Mean, Tell us. promise that. Here. Yeah. <laughs> dep d d depending what, yeah. Because HelloFresh has, uh, <laughs> has recently been sending their Why do you uh, always pick HelloFresh? There are so many worse brands but that have Hello accidentally advertised on our brand, shows. But we can't ignore the fact that they've been increasingly building their militant capacity for the last seven years. Anyway, here's some ads. We have too much to read. <laughs> Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. 
Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. And we are back talking about the Canadian blue shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hello Fresh Hello sh- shirts. Uh-huh. Harrison, please continue. Blue aprons. The, yeah, the, the blue, blue aprons. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris, for saving the bit. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, so next year after his first rally, which was 1939, uh, World War II obviously started to ramp up, and the Canadian government arrested Archon for plotting to overthrow the state. Um, and his National Unity Party was banned from federal elections. Archon was released from prison after the war, but he continued his political aspirations. Um, He ran for federal election twice in Quebec, uh, once in 1949 and once in 1953. Both times, he he ran under his National Unity Party banner, despite it being banned from elections. I don't know how he did that. Um, Both (laughs) times... Laws are fake, yeah. Uh, Both times, he placed second uh, with over uh, uh, five and a half thousand votes, just about like thirty percent of, of of the vote. Um, actually, but the uh, the second time he ran as a, he ran just under a national spanner, um, and he got second as well. But he got like forty percent of the vote, so he he did a slight slightly better just running as a nationalist in Quebec, not like the national unity thing, because that was you know more overtly Nazi. But he kept holding national unity party public rallies until the mid sixties. Uh, tr- his last rally, I think, attracted like one thousand uh, supporters. That's way too many. I was hoping you were going to say like three and there was no. going to be really sad footage, but that's no. sad in a different way. Yeah. yeah. So he finally died in 1967. Um, hooray! And, and with him also died the National Unity Party. Um, also hooray. I, so I, I bring this one up because it's one, fucked up and interesting. Um, and two, it's like it's indicative of the weirdness that can come out of Quebec's nationalist political bent. Uh, we can see that now with a modern, fa- uh, you know, neo-fascist Canadian political party that's based out of Quebec, which we will talk about shortly. Um, but even like the nationalist tendencies within Quebec's more mainstream progressive population, like I, I'm, I'm going to read some of the policy positions of the Bloc Québécois party. That's that's that, that's the, that's like the Quebec sovereignty, you know, uh, party yeah, that is. Still, actually, very very popular in in elections, specifically in Quebec. And just ahead of this, if you're a French speaker and you're frustrated by Garrison's pronunciations or my pronunciations of Quebecois, uh, Quebecois. just note that your language isn't real, <laughs> and it's fine. All right, and you're descended and from the French. Yeah, <laughs> and you're responsible for this Nazi. So yeah, womp womp. So go to hell. Unlike unlike English speakers who have been responsible for French zero, is just zero atrocities. Spanish. That's my take. Okay. Anyway, You're just saying Spanish wrong. Here, here, here is the progressive liberal bloc Quebecois uh, policy positions. 
um, Quebec sovereignty, you know, up into independence, but usually it's just, you know, them pushing the interests of Quebec. Um, inv- environmentalism, abortion rights, you know, p- pro-abortion rights, um, oh, LG- okay. LG- LGBTQ rights, um, okay. legal- legalization of, of assisted suicide, um, okay. opposition to Canadian par- participation in the Iraq war. Abolition of the abolition of the monarchy. Okay. All right. Uh, forcing stuff. forcing immigrants to speak French in Quebec. Mm, okay. Less good. You lost me. You lost Blocking. me there. Blocking immigration to Quebec. You've also lost me the there. Qu- the Quebec secularism law, which bans public workers in positions of authority from wearing religious symbols, primarily targeted at Muslims and Sikhs. Yeah, you no, lost Yeah, me there, we're lost. Yeah. Exemption, yeah. Uh, Quebec's exemption from the requirements of the Multiculturalism Act. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the Multicultural Act, but I'm going to It's great. It's, 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 it's good. So, yeah, so you could kind of see how, like, they have, you know... Mm-hmm. All these like you know, just pretty good stuff. Pretty good progressive racism. things, and it's then going they get great until the racist, and <laughs> then they get really anti-immigrant, right? So this is like this is kind of hard to explain to Americans how like you can be very like pro-gay, yep. pro you know abolition of the monarchy, but then also be like, no, but we don't want those brown people in Quebec. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we're 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 gonna move on from Quebec specifically, but don't worry, we will be back because you're still a problem. Oh, uh, but there there are there are other things to are other things to discuss. So after Archon's fascist Canadian movement, there was a stint of like Canadian skinheads in the '70s. You know, um, ar- around the same time as the UK and the US. Um, in the '70s, there was an unsuccessful Nazi party called the Nationalist Party of Canada that spawned a skinhead gang called Heritage Front. Um, Heritage Front disbanded around the mid 2000s because uh, the Canadian feds infiltrated it and kind of, you know, cut that down. So critical support to the Canadian feds. But now we're going to move on to Unite the Right. Uh, n- not, not, not the Unite Right that you're thinking of. The Canadian U- Unite the Right movement from the uh, 1990s, early 2000s. Yeah, but so, that one probably wasn't problematic, right? There. It has no lasting problems. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. So, because of Can- because of Canada's multi multi party system, there's more opportunity for ideologically similar parties to split the vote. You know, uh, of people leaning in a certain direction. Um, throughout most of the later half of the 20th century, there were multiple conservative right wing parties. Uh, that were operating at the same time, which did split the right of center vote. This is in part what allowed Canada to rise as like a liberal haven, because for a while, the conservatives just couldn't get elected because they were splitting the vote too many ways, leaving the main liberal party to win the vast majority of elections. Um, obviously, this frustrated right-wing politicians and vo- and voters. Uh, then in the 1990s, there were, there, were, there were two main right-wing parties. There was the older progressive conservative party, they're like a classically fiscal conservative party with slightly less socially conservative beliefs. So, you know, I, I would rather take them compared to the alternatives here. Um, the other major party was a right of center party called the Reform Party, which was much more of like a right wing populist and extremely socially conservative party, more similar to like the Trump era Re- Re- Republican Party. You know, they're, 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 much, they're much more right wing populist. They're way more socially conservative, kind of what we traditionally think of as like you know like a racist Republican. That this 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 is their party called called the Reform Party. So after after loss after loss throughout the '90s and during the turn of the century, uh, concerted efforts were being made between these two parties to unite into one. In 1998, there was a Unite the Right conference held in Toronto, Ontario, trying to bring together politicians and delegates from these two main conservative parties. But they also brought in some much more extreme Christian fascist parties, which there was like four of at the time. There was a lot of a lot of Christian fascist parties around this time. Um, so the, the the conference garnered uh, negative news coverage in part due to the inclusion of these far right Christian extremist parties. And then after the conference, uh, polls were conducted that suggested that many of the progressive conservative supporters would rather vote liberal than vote for the new kind of merged more extreme right wing party. So like a, a lot of these, a lot of these like fiscal conservatives are like, no, I, I'm not going to vote for all of this weird racism. I just don't want there to be higher taxes. So like, I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to rather vote for the liberals than vote for these fucking weirdos, which I mean, yeah, like that's, that, that's the conservative I would rather have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so the the conference didn't sit well with the with the progressive conservative party, um, its politicians or, or or the political leaders. So the merger plans were were, were cut off. They're like, nope, we're not going to do this. You guys are too weird and racist. We're not doing this. <laughs> um, then in two thousand two, no, I think this is important that, that, that this was after nine eleven. Uh, I think this is really the reason why this happened. Um, 
one of the original Reform Party founders. That the Reform Party is the more populist one. So one of the original founders named Stephen Harper uh, took control of the populist conservative party and worked to improve the optics of the more extreme sides of his party. Uh, I think it's very important that this, this happened after 9-11, and this is how the merger actually worked. So in 2003, merger talks start, started up again, and in August of that year, the two parties announced the merger had been completed, and there was a new united conservative party. Um, in the announcement, Harper is quoted as saying, Our swords will henceforth be pointed at the liberals, not each other. And in December, Harper was voted in as the new party leader. The work did pay off. Um, in the 2006 Canadian federal election, the Conservatives gained a controlling minority government among the electorate, with the former co-founder of the extremist uh, you know, populist reform party, Stephen Harper, becoming the new Prime Minister of Canada. So this is how he got from reform party to being the, you know, the Prime Minister in, throughout, the, throughout the 2000s. Um, he was the Prime Minister of Canada for most of the time I lived there. That, that, that's who I think of when I think of the Prime Minister of Canada, is I think of Stephen Harper. So Harper remained as prime minister until the 2015 election that saw a noted blackface appreciator, Justin Trudeau, elected under the Liberal Party. So that's good. <laughs> what a good system we have. That, yeah, that, that man, like, just he, the sheer he, range of his blackface. He, like, there's, like, I know. He has yeah, range. You have to, look, <laughs> say what you will about the man. Robert, be very careful. To wear Robert, a lot of blackface. No, you under what? no circumstances gotta <laughs> hand it to him. <laughs> You do not, in fact, have to hand it to him. Well, you have to hand him uh, the the little the towel that he uses to get the black face off of his face, so uh -huh. that he can go into his work running yeah. Canada. Uh huh. Yep. Oh. Cool. <laughs> so, Great country. But so, did we find out that like five of our governors all had blackface photos? Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah. It was amazing. It time was, that it, was. Was, it was. It was a big year for blackface. It really. It's incredible because I can't picture. Like again, I grew up very right wing and definitely had some said some uncomfortable things in my time. I don't think there was ever a point at which I would have been like, "Yeah, this seems like a good idea." Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <sighs> yeah, it's pretty like, messed what up. What is the joke? <laughs> there, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, oh, Justin Trudeau. Oh. This Weirdo. is the liberal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is incredible. He sure okay. is. <laughs> he is the the one all of the wine moms thirst over. Yeah, yeah, that scans. Respect the wine moms, not. Yeah. Anyway, um, beyond making it easier to vote in right of center candidates, what what the Canadian Unite the Right accomplished was pushing the conservative establishment much further to the right than what the previously popular progressive conservatives had established, while maintaining the respectability and civility the progressive conservatives had cultivated. We are now going to skip ahead to 2017. Um, in, in January of 2017, uh, soon after uh, U.S. President Donald Trump put into place the travel ban from, uh, from you know, seven Muslim-majority countries, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau delivered a message via Twitter, To those fleeing persecution, terror, and war, Canadians will welcome you regardless of your faith. Diversity is our strength. Hashtag welcome to Canada. So... Yeah. Trudeau is like, if the U.S. is going to be good, racist, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna let them in. Um, for this uh, for this next part, I'm going to quote from the New York Times. Um, Just hours after watching the television report suggesting Canada would accept immigrants uh, that were shunned by Trump, the 28 year old political science student packed his Glock handgun and rifle and trudged through the snow covered streets of Quebec to a nearby Islamic cultural center. As 53 men were finishing evening prayers, he unloaded 48 rounds. Six people were killed, several of them with shots to the head, and 19 others were injured. One was paralyzed for life. In the month before his rampage, the shooter uh, trawled the internet 819 times for posts related to Mr. Trump, reading his Twitter feed daily, and homing in on the American president's travel ban on several Muslim-majority countries. He kept a cache of guns underneath his bed at his parents' house, and among his friends was just his twin brother. The shooter told investigators that he wished he had killed more people, and he wanted to protect his family from Islamic terrorists. Experts on radicalization say that in Quebec, the French-speaking province surrounded by an English-speaking majority, the anti-immigrant far right offers fertile, uh, fer fertile imperialist ground for psychologically unstable youths seeking a sense of identity and a scapegoat. 
The head of the Canadian-based Center of Prevention of Radicalization Leading to Violence said that the, said that the Quebec mosque shooter was, in part of a, was part of a growing number of educated, middle-class white youths in Quebec drawn to far-right ideas, fueled by the election of Mr. Trump and fanned by fears of immigration that threatens Quebec's identity. When the Anti-Radicalization Center was started in 2015, they dealt with 16 cases of youths in the province that were getting radicalized by the far right. Last year, which was like 2016, uh, the center had 154 such cases. So this is, this is kind of the, the arc of things. Really, Trump's, Trump's election did spur, did, did spur a lot of this growing, like, oh, these political beliefs are acceptable now, right? Like, this is something that is, like, we are, yeah, we are, are, we are allowed to do this. And that that did echo in Canada and across a lot of the a lot of a lot of other countries. Um, what, what one of one of the victims of the of the Quebec uh, massacre? Um, his, his his father said that he he come to Canada from Algeria in the 1990s to escape terrorism, um, and he said that like Quebec did not create the monster, the shooter, but the Islamophobia that is inherent inside Quebec gave him like the motive. So. This is really does relate to Canada, to like the the political situation of Canada, and it's very, it's 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 not a coincidence that the majority of these types of attacks are inside either Quebec, Toronto, or um you know if you're if you're a white per- if you're if you're in Alberta, it's slightly it's more tied to like other other like conservative values, but like a lot of it is around Quebec for a lot of these like shootings and all these acts of terrorism. Um, there was like the uh, there was the uh, incel guy who ran over tons of people in in Toronto with his car. Um, same same kind of thing of like of getting yeah. more more used to these kind of having these far right ideas be more allowed, um, and then thinking them as more of like a normalized thing. So that so the the the, the Quebec mosque shooting uh, kind of woke up a lot of people in Canada being like, oh, we're not immune to this. This is like an actual thing that we are, have to deal with too. Um, and the, the, the next few months after Trudeau's January announcement, uh, border crossings did see an increase in Canada formally accepted more immigrants and refugees. And, and, not, and there was like, uh, an, the, the term in Canada is like an irregular spike of border crossings. Um, the fact, the, the way Canadian media reported this, I think is very irresponsible. The way they tried to like frame this is like, after this announcement, we're getting so many irregular crossings that only fueled this type of like, this type of anti-immigrant sentiment. Um, it was, it was not really great. A lot of the old articles I pulled up for this were like, had really, had really disgusting framing, um, especially, you know, viewing it now. So uh, in March, uh, the Canadian Parliament passed a motion that condemns Islamophobia and requests that the government recognize the need to quell the public uh, uh, climate of fear and hate specifically around Muslims and immigrants. Um, The motion was non-binding, so it it doesn't mean anything. It's just the government saying something nice. Um, But it still sparked tons of outrage. you know, it called on the government to condemn Islamophobia and all forms of systemic racism and uh, discrimination. Uh, the the margin was passed by like the, the, it was passed by a margin of like two hundred to uh, two hundred over ninety. So people, a lot of a lot of the conservatives in parliament didn't didn't like this, but it it's it's it garnered so much online backlash. There were there were petitions and nationwide protests condemning this bill as an attack on free speech. Um, and uh, the, the the person who introduced the bill, um, uh, an, an MP named um, Ikra Khalid, uh, received death threats um, on uh, through like their email and like they had like their private private information leaked, and it, it, it turned into this very very big kind of one of the first things where it had like these like national protests in Canada that you know similar to how we had like the free speech thing around 2017. This was like the Canadian version of that and how this kind of started. Um, then in December, Trudeau signed into the United Nations Global uh, Migration Pact, which is another non-binding incentive designed to provide understanding among nations about how to deal with the global immigration crisis. Again, all these things are just people talking, um, but it made people very, very mad because if you're talking about it, that means it actually is real and it's actually going to affect you versus just ignoring that these problems exist. So really, after Trump's election, after the Quebec, after, after the Quebec mosque shooting, then we have all these bills, this kind of ignited a in-person rallying possibility and in-person protest that Canada hadn't really seen before for th- this type of like anti-immigration sentiments. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about these protests 
after after we have a little little bit of an ad break. You know who doesn't get protested except for that one time when they illegally overthrew the government of Ecuador. Uh, you have to be more the the. That's right, Garrison. Our sponsors. Only one time did they cause mass protests as a result of overthrowing a sovereign government. That's pretty good, Garrison. That's pretty good. Are you trying to do like a banana republic thing? What what are you what are you doing? I'm just saying most podcasts three to four governments overthrown by their sponsors. All right, it could happen here. Just the one, baby. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! NFL Plus Premium is your ticket to the NFL offseason. With the first pick in the NFL Draft. Catch all your favorite offseason coverage and stream exclusive content from the NFL Draft, training camp, free agency, and more. Relive the biggest plays from the season with full and condensed game replays. He's in! Touchdown! Plus, stay connected with 24-7 football news and coverage on NFL Network. Sign up today at plus.nfl.com. Terms and conditions apply. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Hello, welcome to Why Canada Isn't a Liberal Utopia and actually has a lot of the same systemic problems that every other Western country does and it's not immune to fascist infiltration and fascist co-option. Sophie, um, make a note of that. Print it. <laughs> <laughs> so, as, so I know we, we've talked a lot about Quebec and stuff, uh, which is uh, great because, yeah, it is a problem, but this exists in the Western provinces as well. Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC have a lot of these growing kind of things, but they're not French Canadians doing this. They're more like, you know, what we in America would, you know, recognize as, as like rural conservatives. Um, so, Around all of this, you know, increased discussion around immigration in 2017, um, ar- around the same time, people in Western Canada have, were facing a bit of an economic recession. They had, you know, sig- significant job loss around this time. Um, and projects that traditionally brought work to the area, like pipelines, were, you know, there was discussion of them getting stalled and people, you know, moving more towards renewable energy. This kind of increased a lot of the political tensions between the Eastern, you know, liberal majority Canada and the Western, more rural Canada. Mm-hmm. 
um, qu- quoting an article from the CBC, uh, Trudeau just keeps giving away all of our money to immigrants, said Samantha. Oh boy, that is a that is a French name. I'm not even mm-hmm. attempt that one. <laughs> you call her, we'll call her Frenchie. Sam, yeah. Samantha Frenchie. Anyway, this mother of five, she attended a January 5th rally uh, with uh, Webster, her husband, and two of their children. It was her first protest for any cause. We're stuck paying for all this money that he wants to give away to everybody but Canadians. My kids are growing up, and my grandkids and all of their kids are going to be poor and stuck in a hole that they're never going to get out of. This is, this is you know, very common type of thing. Like, oh, we're, we're getting taxed and taking all of our money and giving, giving away to immigrants. This happened after, this, after the Syrian r- refugee crisis when Canada started accepting a lot of Syrian I- immigrants. That's, that's around the time that I left Canada. Um, but I totally r- remember people, you know, having very similar sentiments of like, why are we, you know, paying for all of these r- refugees, you know? And I know that, 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 that's, that's the thing that happens in the States too. Yeah. Um, so the, the economic tensions developing in Western Canada, combined with the increase in anti-immigration sentiments among conservatives, were in part spurred by the Trump presidency, uh, led to the Canadian Yellow Vest movement. Um, this is totally separate from the French pro- protest movement. Uh, the Canadian version just stole like the working class branding and just used it for their proto-fascist crusade. Um, so the Canadian Yellow Vests were a, 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 a group of connected protest movements over the course of 2018 and 2019 that had a lot of like in-person rallies but also a lot of online mobilization it's kind of since died out uh but it was um, a major force in pushing right-wing extremism in canada and having it be accessible to like regular people right it's it's not it's not like the proud boys at all where it's like you know specific you know bad people doing this thing it was like appealing to like you know the oil workers appealing to like the moms. It was like it was it was it was primarily used Facebook as a means of passing off this type of information and making it seem you know acceptable. Um, the Canadian Yellow Vests, uh, qu- quoting an article from Vice, um, Canadian Yellow Vests, which had over a hundred thousand members on their Facebook as of May twenty nineteen, uh, carries the uh, greatest potential for radicalization, leading to violence in Canada right now, according to the executive director of the Canadian Anti Hate Network. Uh, the group's description says it says it was created to protest the carbon tax and build that pipeline and stand against the treason of our country's politicians who have the audacity to sell our country's sovereignty over to the globalist UN and their tyrannical policies. But concerns over Canadians' oil sector appeared to be a very little factor in the discussion that goes on inside these groups. Instead, members are obsessing over with uh, the defending you know, Western civilization from Islam, bashing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and spreading whatever you know, far-right conspiracy theory is trending at the time. And I cannot overstate the amount that these people hate Trudeau. But it's, it's not for like reasons because he wore blackface. Like They find the most bizarre ways to hate this man. Um, a lot of these people think that Justin Trudeau is the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro. This is a oh, very this, this is <laughs> they do kind of look similar. This is uh, a very a very popular yeah. conspiracy yeah. theory in Canada. Yeah. It is like the the way that Trudeau is treated by conservatives is baffling because like I hate Justin Trudeau, but I think I hate him for like reasonable reasons. Like he made a lot bunch of promises around you know environment stuff that he didn't follow through on. He Not talks wild about the game. blackface. He doesn't eh? do, yeah. he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. He is he does a lot of blackface. <laughs> it's like, like a shocking there's a, amount. There's a lot of reasons this. to hate Justin Trudeau, but not because he's the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro leading us to like leading trying to sneak Canada into the socialist UN. Like that's not that's not what he's doing. Like, yeah, among other like, things, if he was the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro, there's a couple of those in the United States. One of his daughters is now like a right wing radio personality in Florida. Oh like, God, that it, makes so much sense. He oh, had a no. lot of he, you know, he's Castro. He did a lot of fucking. Like, who, who, yeah. would, who would care? It's not your your fault. Who your dad is? Yeah. It's just like this is just, it's it's like it's like a weaker, like funnier version of birtherism. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's it like is. Can, like, it, it makes sense. It is, it is like the Canadian version of that. Like, <laughs> oh. it's very weird. He's like Justin Trudeau is very cringy. He lies about all of his promises. Um, he talks a big game. He does a lot of virtue signaling. He does a lot of blackface. Those are all really good reasons to hate. Really, this guy. a lot of blackface. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of blackface. <laughs> but the the way the the ways that they come up with trying to make him seem like a bad dude are just baffling. Um, very very bizarre. So. 
Um, in an interview with somebody from the Yellow Vests Exposed Anti-Fascist Research Team, which was a very good Twitter account around 2019, it, it's 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 inactive now, but this this was a very good account, a very good account that did really really solid research into the into the Yellow Vest movement. Um, in an interview, they were asked what type of impact they think the Yellow Vests could have in Canada, and th- this was this was their response. The image of the threat is no longer the skinhead, blood, blood, blood and honor type. We're dealing with average people who don't understand the impact of the rhetoric. They're calling for the mass death of, of an entire religion, or they're, celebrating the, or they're celebrating the violence against that religion, or they're celebrating violence against government officials. They, they are just one step away from outright fascism, but they can't see that, and they refuse to see that. Which I think is, very, is a very good... Um, summary of like how the yellow vests yeah were a popular movement specifically on facebook um another part of it was the idea of like western separatism um like you know the people in western canada feel ignored they feel you know put upon they feel oppressed not just for feeling not not just for being westerners but they honestly feel oppressed because they're white they they feel like oh we're focusing on you know only gonna give money to the the brown people that's the kind of thing that they they feel like in in the west um they're like, well, you know, my right to free speech was taken away because of the because of the non-binding bill, and refugees can just walk across the border, and they make more money than I do. So they they have they have all these all these ideas that are not actually based in reality, but they can believe them, um, and they you know find these news sources that are just echo chambers that reinforce this belief to the point where it, they become radicalized themselves. Um, it's very it's a very very common thing especially around 2019 i was tracking a lot of these facebook groups around 2019 as well just in my spare time um because it's just interesting to watch them interact um i'm gonna give like you know like a a brief recap of like a a a typical yellow vest protest uh, around like edmonton um based a bit off of, 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 of a few cbc articles so you know protesters would gather around in front of um like uh the legislative building uh, holding signs, wearing bright yellow vests, um, and they would do this like basically every every weekend uh, for you know months and months and months on end. Um, some protesters may stand at a podium shouting conspiracy theories about how powerful the Jewish families controlling the world are, um, as Yikes. one as as one dude did at the Alberta legislature um, on like January fifth, twenty nineteen. Some uh, may come sporting red "Make Alberta Great Again" hats. Uh, uh, uh. This was very, very popular. Very popular. Um, others may prowl the sidelines dressed like they belong to a biker gang. Um, instead of only he- instead of Hell's Angels patches, they have patches that say "Wolves of Odin" and "Canadian Infidels." Oh, uh, great! I- I'm going to give you one guess: what type of ideology the Wolves yeah. of Odin have? Yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're clearly they're, they're communists. Yeah, no, they're Nazis. Yeah. Um, but m- most of the protesters' voices are not away from, are, like, are not from the fringes. Most of them just have jobs, um, you know, you know, in like high rises, or they they drive for Uber, or they're teachers, or pipe fitters, or real estate agents. And although their message is like muddled by all of these other, like, you know, much more overtly extremist kind of talking points, they all have one thing in common: that they feel like they're getting ignored and being left behind by the liberals in the east. Um, this is echoed by uh, one of the person they got interviewed at these rallies was uh, named Lynn Smith, who was a former uh, oil and gas worker who now works in the school system. Um, they were at a, a yellow vest rally on uh, in January 20, 2019. This was like the fourth first pro- fourth protest she attended. Um, she said, "They're just giving away our country. We have no rights anymore. They're taking them away. No more Lord's Prayer, but they're putting prayer prayer rooms in schools for Muslims. Um, Merry Christmas. You're 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 not you're not allowed to say that anymore. It's supposed to be Happy Holidays. They're changing they're changing our country, and we've got to stand up and say something about it because because this is our country. I was born here. My parents are born here. It's wrong. So, you know, I'm sure people in the states are familiar with this type of rhetoric. Um, but just the in, the increased nature of it in Canada was surprising to a lot of Canadians and like surprising to a lot of like li- liberal Canadians because they're like, but you're you're in Canada. Why are you doing the states thing? Why, why are you doing the thing that they do in the states? Why are you doing it here? Um, but you know the same reasoning you know people do it in the states is because they feel ignored by politicians. You know, say, that's, that's why this happens in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Um, in BC, way more than it happens in like Ontario, right? It's because you know the more farther away you are from you know the big cities, the less your interests are cared for by a lot of politicians. So the ones that speak to you are these like extremists who are trying to prey on these actual you know financial insecurities. Um, so a, a lot, some of the protesters say that they're not like opposed to immigration, 
but but most of the focus of the Edmonton Yellow Vest rallies has been among, has been about who can come into the country and how they're allowed to get here. Um, uh, one uh, one guy named uh, Brett Webster, the the uh, father of five who works in the construction industry, says they're overwhelming our resources. We can't properly vet these people and make sure it's safe for them to come in and make sure that they're skilled and assimilate into our country and know our ways and our values. So most of the extremist stuff in Canada outside of Quebec does come from does come specifically from Alberta. Uh, you know, the big big cities in Alberta are, are Calgary and Edmonton. But this happens also in a lot of the more rural areas that you know mostly used to run on like oil drilling. Um, after losing an election to the more social democratic uh, NDP party in 2015, uh, the two provincial conservative parties in Alberta had their own little mini U- unite the right and merged together in 2017 leading to their success at the polls in 2019. So then the conservatives have since then done a whole bunch of stuff in Alberta, uh, like cutting down their health care. Actually, a lot, of the, a lot of the conservative voters don't like, but like they voted for, because that was the platform. You just were being scared of brown people, so you voted for the conservatives. But now, but now your health care is cut. So that's, that's how politics works. Um, so that, that's kind of a brief summary of the Yellow Vest movement and how it, how it gained a lot of popularity. Um, they, they, they would do rallies around like polling centers. They would, they, would, they, would, they would attack people. They would have, you know, violent rallies where a lot of like older, older men who were in the Yellow Vest movement would be, you know, pr- pretty violent towards, you know, anyone in their area during a protest. Um, but they, they kind of, kind of around COVID, the Yellow Vests kind of sp- sputtered out. A lot of the people in these Facebook groups got, you know, moved into other conspiracy theory groups, um, oh and the LFS movement kind of lost its train. Um, so that's where we're kind of going to end for today, is with the kind of the LFS kind of fizzling out, and in the next part, we'll talk about what's happening from like 2019 and the election that year to like kind of the present fascist rumblings um, inside different sectors of Canadian politics. So yeah, that is that's my that's my very very brief write up of of right-wing populism and extremism in Canada uh, pre-2019. Pre Great. Yep, it's fun. It's not mm-hmm. fun. It's, 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 it's upsetting. Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot of the same problems we have here, of, you know, politicians really ignoring people in certain parts of the country, which well, prover- provi- provide very fertile recruiting ground for a lot of extremists. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to all end well. That is our that is our that is our official policy. Yep. Is that everything is going to turn out great. Yeah, seems fine. I mean, the, well, the, like, like there is actual ways of preventing this from happening, right? It's not it's not, it's not a hopeless thing. We can actually do it if we want to. Uh, just people with power to do it don't well, don't don't like doing it. Yeah. Cool yeah. and good. That is the message of the pod, Sophie. Cool and good. Uh, so, yep, that's that's Canadian fascism, part one. Cool. Um, I, I would recommend if people want to learn more about the Canadian uh, uh, Yellow Vests, check out the Yellow Vest Exposed Twitter account. Uh, there's also like there's also articles about them. They were a, a very a very good anti-fascist research team. Um, yeah, I would just recommend if if you want to learn more about this this specific movement, all of their work on it has been great. Um, so yeah, shout out sh- shout out to Yellow Vests Exposed. That's the pod. Yeah. Podcast. All right. Yep. Well. Go get your Until Tim Hortons and tomorrow. Yeah, go get your Tim Hortons and your I don't know maple F- syrup and go f- find a moose. Find follow, a Canadian and just start screaming in their face. Cool Zone Media or Happen Here Pod on the Twits and the Inst. Just uh, the Twits and the him. Inst. Bye bye everybody. Bye. Hey hey goodbye hey. It could happen here as a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done. Outfit stunner. And my skin. 
I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. NFL Plus Premium is your ticket to the NFL offseason. With the first pick in the NFL Draft. Catch all your favorite offseason coverage and stream exclusive content from the NFL Draft, training camp, free agency, and more. Relive the biggest plays from the season with full and condensed game replays. He's in! Touchdown! Plus, stay connected with 24-7 football news and coverage on NFL Network. Sign up today at plus.nfl.com. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.